Welcome to Habits for Happiness with Lady Fuller. The path to happiness is paved with healthy habits. We spend much of our lives searching for happiness when the key we're looking for is right there inside of us. We can discover that key through habit change, which you're about to learn about. Now, here is your host, Lady Fuller. Hello, everyone. This is Lady Fuller, and you're here on Habits for Happiness, where we discuss habits you can employ in your daily life to make you happier. Here on Voice America today to talk about time is executive coach Monique Deneau. Welcome, Monique, and thank you for being here. Hi, Lady. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Likewise, likewise. And for those of you guys who don't know, I'm a habits and success coach, and I help clients drop limiting habits and adopt healthier habits for a happier life. And Monique will introduce herself, but she is an executive coach who often helps her executive clients deal with this concept of time. So Monique, tell us about yourself and what you're working on um, in your latest work, and um, then we'll, we'll get started. Sure. I own a company called MD Consulting. I'm based in Arizona. My company provides executive coaching to senior leaders. We also provide HR consulting. The primary focus of our services, though, is with executives who want coaching. So that is a one-to-one service. My business model is set up to where the coaching is done remotely and not just because of COVID. Uh, It's always been that way, which falls in line with my habit of time management. Trending. You were trending before COVID. (laughs) Before COVID. (laughs) So it, it aligns really well with my philosophy about managing your time, prioritizing. And currently I am, I've written a couple of books, um, Two years ago, I did a self-published collaboration with some other authors where the chapter I wrote was related to time management. So today, I'll be talking a little bit about what I wrote in that book. Currently, though, I just finished another book, which is not a collaboration, just me. I decided- Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wanted to go out on my own and not self-publish. So I am- pitching currently to traditional publishers. The name, the working title of the book that I've written is called Leading in Captivity, a survival guide for corporate executives. Yeah. And I was joking before we got on that she should be writing a book called, Monique should be writing a book called Living in Captivity, right? Because that would apply not just to executives, but to all of us, right? Um, (laughs) Feels a bit like that, right? As we approach year two of this this lockdown, so to speak. So so amazing. So tell us why you chose the habit of time and, and maybe to elaborate on that, why time is such a topical habit for almost everyone you coach. Well, the people that I coach are very busy executives and they are constantly having more and more put on their plate. Since COVID hit, they are actually having to do more with less resources just Mm -hmm. because of the nature of the workplace. People are leaving. It's harder to find employees. So there's more and more work being put on the people who are left. And time management is, I consider it to be an umbrella term, which really has some other components to it, which I'll talk about today. But the topic of time management comes up all the time with my clients. And as I was mentioning to you earlier, my business has been booming since COVID hit and people need more and more support. I'm currently billing out about 200 hours a month in coaching. Incredible. So there are people that need support and it sounds simple when you say time management and it sounds, you know, I actually had someone say to me, well, busy executives, once they're at that level, they should already know how to manage their time. They shouldn't need help with time management. (laughs) Actually, I I coach some CEOs and I will tell you that they they, they are very dedicated to their work time and have definitely at least, and I don't know if this resonates for anyone listening, 
fallen into what I call the Zoom trap, which is they basically are on Zooms all day long, back to back. Their assistant or someone they work with may have signed them up or they're on their iCalendar, and they're not even really thinking about, am I leading this call? Am I adding value? Is this a revenue driving call? Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting in front of their screens all day, and then they're completely depleted at night. Um, and they haven't really asked if, if you know, use that magic word of no to manage their time. So I would say, if anything, even if you did know how to manage your time pre-COVID, this new culture of being on every Zoom call there ever was um, has sort of tripped people up even more around this sort of concept of time. It certainly yeah. has. It has blurred the lines between mm-hmm. work and home, between private life and professional life. And so I have found that executives more than ever need help with time management. And that's when I began to introduce them to my my three-step method that I wrote about in my previous book, but it is also addressed in my current book because it is such an important topic. Yeah, yeah. And so before we get started, because I do want to hear those those three key principles, can time be managed? Using my principles, yes. Okay. <laughs> because as a concept, I mean, maybe we're getting a little metaphysical here, but the idea of time management has always been a little bit funny to me because time passes, right? So like we don't have the second we had before this one. And so the idea of kind of managing it, right, is, um, or spending it, these terms or verbiage we use around the concept of time management are always a little bit funny to me because it's like this rolling ticker tape in front of us and we're trying to sort of grasp it. And Mm -hmm. um, it's more maybe about like how we can exist in sort of in front of this ticker tape versus like trying to hold on to it. That's not necessarily something that can be wrangled. um, Right. At least in my view. So, so let's start in on your principles. So tell us about these paradigms and um, I know listeners are excited to learn more. Well, I'll mention the three and then I'll go into them each individually getting organized, mm-hmm. planning, mm-hmm. and then managing time and tasks. So, okay, so let me just repeat those. So getting organized, planning, and managing your time and tasks. Beautiful. Yes. So it's yes. a three-step process of, of getting, getting yourself even equipped. There's some pre-planning to be able to be even get to this place of like being able to manage your time effectively. Right, right. And okay. to your point, we all have the same amount of time. And once it goes, we can't get it back. So that yeah. that is definitely true. So it becomes more about being proactive with it and mm. under, understanding mm. what to do with it before you lose it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's really, and that's why it creates stress, right? It is this ticker tape that's going past us. Right. Like a river, you know, it's just flowing and we can't stop it. It's not something we can put pause on. So, Tell us about getting organized. What does getting organized look like? And I know for listeners who may have no time management or be interested in this habit, how can they begin with getting the getting organized step? What does that look like? That looks like organizing not only your physical environment, but your electronic environment. So Mm -hmm. starting with your space that you're working in, whether it's an office or your kitchen table or a room in your home, which many of us are doing now. It, it's about having the right equipment and furniture so that you're comfortable, so that your body is comfortable. So many people during COVID were working from places that were not ergonomically correct for them, and they had back problems and headaches. Like the kitchen chair I'm sitting on. <laughs> I probably should be sitting on. I probably should be sitting on a phone book, but those don't exist anymore. But go ahead. <laughs> So it's about making sure you have the right furniture, making mm-hmm. sure you have the right lighting. Everyone was complaining about how horrible they look on Zoom, but it's an easy fix because it's all about the lighting. (laughs) Yeah, it is all about the lighting. (laughs) So the lighting, the furniture, the way your computer is set up, where it's at, are you able to stand or sit? Standing is is better for the body and the back than sitting sitting all day. I didn't think about standing on Zoom. Yeah, you know, that's something we don't yes. think about, but that's a really good point. Yes, I'm doing it now. I don't know if you could tell. I, or not, I can't but... tell. I just thought you were sitting in a much higher chair than I was. <laughs> no, nope, I'm standing. I, the amount of hours people are working on Zoom to sit for that long is mm. horrible, horrible for the body. And yeah. then it creates fatigue, mental fatigue, and you can't focus and you're distracted. So getting the physical environment organized is really important. And then yeah. organizing files 
if you still work with paper files in a file cabinet, it's important to have all of that organized. I've had executives who are actually really good at tracking their time and managing their time, but they're mm-hmm. not productive because they're still not organized. They're searching for files. They're searching for emails right. because everything goes into one pile on their computer or one pile in a file cabinet. Mm-hmm. So getting getting files organized, whether they're paper or electronic, and that means some type of alphabetical system and setting up paper files the same way you would set up electronic files. So I I don't use a lot of paper files anymore, but I do keep a paper file on every client and it goes by their their name. And so I and I also keep email folders by their name also. Right. Yeah, I do so that I can, with clients and keep the the electronic notes. Right. So so tell us, so I know this at least in my practice, you know, I'm a huge getting things done fan for those that let me listening that are getting things done fans, um, which is an old time management book, but a good one. And um, in that book, he really talked a lot about this idea of having less than 20 emails in your inbox. So is that something you subscribe to? Because I know for me, I'm like really type A around my email inbox. I have less than 10. So I don't know, listeners, how many do you have? But <laughs> what do you what do you recommend? Myself, I'm a, I'm a zero email. Ooh, inbox person. zero. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that that takes planning, though. You know, uh, there are a lot of executives, they're getting three and 400 emails a day. Right. So it's, it's hard to have a, a lower amount in your inbox if you're, especially if you're running to meetings all day. So that, that may not be a goal for everybody. I've been able to, to manage it because of my system, but it kind of takes us to the next step in the process, okay. which is planning. Planning. Okay. Tell us. Yes, Planning. Planning is about strategically looking at what's going to be happening for you over a month period of time. Mm, A month, by a month. Well, some people try to do it by day or by week, but I personally think, and with the people I work with, they have things happening for them a month out at least, sometimes Mm -hmm. more, where they know things are coming up, big presentations, travel. At least, yeah. For for an executive, I would think they would have, you know, four to six weeks or something right? Right. planned. So with my executives, it seems to work out better if we look at a month Mm -hmm. and I have them get out their calendar, whether it's Outlook or whatever calendar system they're working on and plan out what they know for the month in advance. So it's best to do this at the end of a month for the upcoming month. Okay. And to really look at that, plan out travel, plan out meetings. Now, of course, all of that could change on a daily basis and it does. Especially now, I feel like yes. <laughs> half <Yes>. my calls, <laughs> yes. it's like they move, you know what I mean? Everybody either, you know, has yeah. COVID or something else is happening. We're, we right. definitely live in a cancel culture. So, And I have a lot of people that try to use the excuse. They say, well, everything's going to change. So why bother planning? Mm-hmm. But I come back with, I come back with, you're absolutely right, but that's no excuse for not planning. That you is still, no excuse for not planning, for no sure. No excuse. You yeah. still, you go with what you know, you plan what you have for the upcoming month. And that means blocking your calendar with your meetings, with a lot of them are, a lot of executives have one-to-one meetings with their staff and team meetings and things like that. Block it all into the calendar so that you know. Even personal appointments and things like yeah. that. Look ahead and, for the month. Yeah. And do you have them declutter their calendar in the sense of taking meetings off, which might be important for listeners that aren't sort of value add, not tra- falling into what I call the zoom, zoom, zoom trap. I do. That is part of it is while they're planning for the month, look at pl- meetings they don't need to be at, meetings mm-hmm. where they can delegate out and have someone else be there in, in their place. Yeah. Because a lot of executives have gotten into the habit of just saying yes to every meeting invitation that comes through without yeah. really thinking about it. So that's part of the planning is determine what you can realistically have on your calendar, what you, what you can delegate out, plan it out. And then once it's planned for the month, at the end of every week, maybe a Friday night or maybe a Sunday night, you look ahead for the week and you plan mm-hmm. your week. Oh, I love that. So on Sunday, looking ahead at the week and planning the week. Okay. Yes, because your month will change. So if you plan then week by week, you can adjust what you planned for the month. Okay. And you can move things around. 
Um, so that, that's the flexibility hack inside this sort of month long planning. So tell, just yes. tell me, like, you know, I have so many clients who say I don't have time to work out or I don't have time. I'm a big walking proponent. I want all my clients to go walking during the day. They don't have time for that or do walking meetings or think. And so how do you have people schedule sort of self-care time? It's a really good question because that comes up a lot with my clients, these busy executives who are overworked. So I have them determine how much time they want to be spending on themselves mm-hmm. okay. and time block that into their calendar for the month and then adjust it for the week, whether okay. it's walking, going to the gym, anything that relates to self-care, even taking a bubble bath. I've had some of my clients block. <laughs> I love a bubble calendar. bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they've blocked for the month, then they've looked at it for the week, and then they block for the day. At the end of every day, they look at the next day. Yeah, that's a great habit. They arrange what's happening for that day. So by the time they start work in the morning, they already know what's coming and then they're not being hit and bombarded. Now there will be things that will bombard them, but they've done their best to try to control their time instead of letting time control them. Control them. Yeah. It's, it's this idea of being like really proactive versus reactive. So, right. so how do you have them? Do you, you know, I know that there's a concept in sort of time management world that we're most productive in the morning. So how do you have them sort of block their times? And, and this may not be something you do, but so that they're doing more creative things maybe in the morning where their brains may be sharpest. Well, I have them determine when their most creative time is. Right. For some people, it's the end of the day. Their their energy just jumps at the end of the day versus the beginning. I'm not one of those people, but yes. I'm not either. (laughs) I'm not either. I'm a full-blown morning person. So my energy is best first half of the day. But they coordinate their calendar around that. They look Mm -hmm. at the, the priorities of the day and when they need their most energy. So if they have to do a two hour presentation where they've got to be on and talking to a large audience, and they have a choice as to when to plan that, and they have more energy at the end of the day, I have them schedule it for the end of the day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They need to be on top of things. And this goes back into the planning of like being mindful of your your highest energy hours, right? Yes. And planning accordingly, right? So that you're not in like this like sugar drop in the afternoon and being presenting to, you know, a thousand people or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, I have them really base it on their own personality and what mm. what it is for them. It's different for everyone. And that's why my system is very flexible based on their individual personality, their leadership style, even the culture of their company, how their company does things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have them take all of that into consideration when they're planning out their month, their week, and then their day. Yeah. So it's it's really about being proactive and very mindful about how you spend your time. And totally. when, when they go through this exercise, they realize that they've been doing things that may have been wasting time. Ooh, like name some time wasters for those that might be listening and want to declutter their calendars. Yes. Being on the phone too much with even personal calls during the day that you don't mm-hmm. need to be on. Mm-hmm. So they may have someone calling them, which I call some of these people time vampires, people that suck your time. <laughs> I think everyone listening probably can identify (laughs) that they have a time vampire in their life, right? Yes. Some people find they're spending too much time actually planning, planning for like Mm -hmm. a presentation. Um, They've been given an initiative and they're type A personalities. They want everything to be perfect. So they're planning and they're researching and they're going way overboard on the amount of research they spend on a project. Right. And they could cut that down Mm -hmm. instead of delving into so many details. It's almost like the research procrastination, right? It's like a, it's like a way to, to deflect whatever else they don't want to be doing. Yes. Yeah. And they do that by also not delegating a lot Mm, of, this is a big one guys, not delegating. (laughs) A lot of executives are taking on everything either Mm -hmm. for various reasons, either they like to, to be in control or they don't trust their direct reports. They don't want to delegate it. But that's a time waster. If you yeah. if it can be delegated, it should be delegated. And there's a whole process in how to do that. But 
that is something that can come off of their calendar. They don't need to be spending time on certain things, which will free up their plate too. Yeah. Which so also what, strikes me, you know, you can, I said to a client yesterday, you can, you can um, record zoom meetings. Your executive yes. can, your executive assistant can, can record the zoom meeting and even transcribe it through a, you know, transcription service like Otter. So if you're worried about missing something, you can miss it and have it recorded and transcribed for you yes. quite easily. Yeah. There's all kinds of little tips and tricks that they can use to really free up their calendars. Yeah. So the planning is very important and that the the organizing and the planning comes even before the before you step. even get ready to time manage. Right. Yeah, you know, I went <laughs> many years ago on Outward Bound and they had a you, you'll enjoy this, you'll probably laugh, but they had a they had a um this was, you know, in the nineties, but they still probably use it. And it was the six P's and it was prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And so that was coming up for me during that. that. And it's true. You know, I mean, if we, if we plan, we can perform and show up um, organized and like, you know, fully present. Right. Cause if we're not, right. if, if we're being bombarded, like if our day is, um, is constantly a stream of meetings that are kind of coming at us or fires that are coming at us and we're not able to proactively approach our day, then our whole life becomes sort of reactionary, right? Yes. Because our life is just a, a collection of our days. And so that's why I think this time management piece is so important because if we can break it down to the smallest common denominator, which is our hour in our day, right? Then we can have a life where we show up in a calm and centered manner, right? So it goes well beyond this idea of like managing your calendar. It's sort of how you show up in the world, which I think is quite beautiful. Right, right. And a lot of my executives, to their point, they come to their, my, my sessions and they say, well, my work day is filled with emergencies because of whatever mm-hmm. the nature of their work is. Yeah. And so I say, okay, let's block out some time for emergencies on a weekly basis. Let's determine, and I have them go through an exercise of tell me approximately how many hours per week are you pulled away due to emergencies? So it forces them to think, is it five hours a week, 10 hours a week? If so, we're going to time block that amount of time into your calendar. Yeah. So it's like office hours. (laughs) Come to me with your emergencies between two and 4 p.m. Right. So that time is already built in each week to their schedule. And it's not actually interfering with other other things that time block. You know, and in in sort of, you know, the beautiful book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People with Stephen Covey talks a lot about this idea of if you spend more time planning and on the things that are important, but less urgent, then you actually have less emergencies um, yeah. throughout your life and, and really your days. So it's this idea of like this planning piece, your second point here, actually prevents the emergencies from coming up. Yeah. It, it really does. And there will always be things you can't control, but you have to try your best. So the becoming organized, that's something that can be controlled. You can always organize your environment and control what's in your environment the planning, you can always put some time into the planning. To start that initially, if you've never done it before, it does take time. It could, yeah. take, it could take hours to reorganize your monthly calendar and look ahead and things like that. So initially, it will take more time. Yeah. So I have people try to block that time out to do it, you know, set aside that time. And then once right. it's done, it's more maintenance. Yeah, but it's like a learning curve, right? So, like, once you do it, it's not like it takes that same amount of time on an ongoing basis. As to your point, right. it's just the maintenance of of keeping up with it, right? So, like, um, you know, big thing for me is I, you know, the maintenance of my inbox, right? I'm really um, one way just for listeners that I I really work is that if if it's an email that I can don't need, I just delete it immediately. So just be really fast to delete. You can always go back into your trash and, and receive an email or I file it. Um, and if it's an email I can respond to, I'll respond with less than two minutes, I'll respond to it. And if it's an email I can't respond to in less than two minutes, I'll flag it. But there really aren't that many emails. And at the end of the day, go back and respond to those so that I have a nice, tidy you know, email inbox. And it's kind of like this idea of like making your bed. Like if your if your workspace to your point about planning and organizing is a mess and your email inbox is a mess, you know, you can fall into, and I see this overwhelm where people are just like paralyzed from getting anything done. Um, so it's just so important before you even get to this third point, which is the sort of meat and potatoes here, that this organizing and planning piece is really, is really important. 
Yeah, it is. And people find that once they start doing it, it's like this aha moment for them. Mm. They're like, oh, I can't believe. I love aha moments. (laughs) I can't believe I've never done this. This Mm -hmm. is so helpful. It really helps me think ahead about my time and it helps me know when to say no to people because I've got other things on my calendar. So they really do like it once they start doing it and once they get used to it. Yeah. I mean, saying no can be quite empowering, can't it? Yes. And we will talk about that in the third point, probably after break. We will talk about <laughs> the actual time, managing time. Managing time. Yeah. So just go, I just want to just step right before break. I do want to just stay here on the organizational piece. So when someone has a desk that is filled with papers and an email inbox that's filled with clutter, where, you know, for listeners that might be listening, where do they start? A pile of things that they don't need, so that can be trashed. Yeah, okay. A pile of things that can be filed. Mm-hmm. Paper, paper should be filed somewhere, in a cabinet, in a folder, on a shelf, but not on the desktop. Okay, yeah. So I have them pretty much make a couple of piles to do that, and then to just start sifting through and make yeah. decisions, making decisions about what goes where. Yeah. Yeah. And then are you a big fan of just just throwing away anything you don't need? I mean, I was telling someone yesterday on the phone, you know, if it's a bill from two years ago, you don't need that. Most things are electronic. And if we need to go back and find that bill, we can call the utility company or whatever it is. Yes. Myself, personally, I've tried to get as paper free as possible in my work life and my Mm -hmm. home life. Uh, If there's any paper that's important, I try to create an electronic document out of it and file it electronically so that I can toss the actual physical paper. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, well, we are going to go to break, you guys. And please stay tuned because we have the third paradigm here, which is how to manage your time from Monique Denae. And I'm so pleased to have you on. So hang tight, everyone. We'll be back. Try out a free coaching session with your host, Lady Fuller, to learn more about her individualized and corporate coaching programs. Learn to drop bad habits and pick up healthier habits to live a healthier life. Email her at lady at happinessmba.com. That's L-A-D-Y at happinessmba.com. Or check out our coaching business at habits, the letter for happiness.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Want to reward clients, customers, or employees with a gift that will blow their socks off? We at International Gifting Company have your next corporate event covered. We carry 250 personalized gifts for on-site incentive events. Or we can create virtual gift boxes your employees and clients can receive at home. Contact us today for a quick and free proposal. We love to wow! Contact info at intlgiftingco.com or check out our webpage at intlgiftingco.com. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Habits for Happiness. To reach the show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to our program. Here again is Lady Fuller. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. We're here with Monique Denae, an executive coach, talking about time, the habit of time and time management. So we had talked before the break. Monique had told us about her three, what I'm going to call them pillars or paradigms of time management. And the first was organization. The second was planning. And we didn't get to the third. So tell us about the third, Monique. The third is the actual managing of the time and tasks. 
Okay. So as we talked about previously, planning is about planning your month, blocking out things for the month, and then the week, and then the day. So once you have time blocks, it it goes deeper into the actual tasks that take place during the time. So I have people choose various tools to use for tasks, task lists, whether it's the Outlook task list or the Gmail task list, but it's important to list out tasks that you have during the day. A lot of people find they're putting things on sticky notes and they're sticking those all over their desk and they, they, <laughs> they lose them. Yes. So I recommend a task list as a t- tool to use where you're just listing things that you have to do for the day. Okay. And then from that task list, you're going to prioritize things. So this is where prioritization comes in. And wait, let me just put, let me just ask. So the task list that you're talking about, where are we keeping that? Are we keeping that on a sticky note? Are we keeping that in our inbox? Where a pad of paper? Where do you suggest folks keep I their always, task list? I recommend that it's not a paper, that it's okay. not paper, that it's an electronic task list. Like okay. in 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 your email program, just about every email program has a tab that says task, task okay. list. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that about Outlook or Gmail, but there's task lists. Then you click on it and you can electronic, you can type in your tasks and it makes an electronic list. Love it. Okay. So again, we're trying to eliminate paper as much as possible. So they have the electronic task list and you can, there's a feature in the list where you can prioritize things either by A, B, C, D or one, two, three, four, you can prioritize it. So part of the planning that you do the night before for the upcoming day is looking at your task list and prioritizing your tasks, Mm -hmm. look at your calendar, look at what you've time blocked. And then in your task list, you want to lump like items together and block it, block it into your calendar. So if you're checking emails, which we all do every day, it's more efficient to do it all at once, maybe over an hour or an hour and a half period okay. of time, rather than jumping every few minutes to check an email. Task switching. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. It, it, it distracts you. It, mm-hmm. You, you want to stay focused. So in order to stay focused, you have to lump like things together. Okay. And if you have your, if you're a salesperson and you've got to allow a certain amount of time every day to call clients back, you do that all at once rather than a few minutes here, a few minutes there throughout the day because you're shifting gears too much and you're shifting right. your focus. Okay. So it's really important to look at your task list, prioritize it, lump all like things together, block it into your calendar. So you may actually have blocked into your calendar 90 minutes that's called checking emails. I love that, right? So it gives us space to do those tasks all at once, right? And I had someone that was a clutter person that was talking about in the house and it was sort of this idea like things together like the rice doesn't go with the socks right so you mm-hmm. <laughs> you cook in the kitchen and you mm-hmm. sleep in the bedroom right so mm-hmm. so one one thing one place right. right and while you're time blocking since things change throughout the day mm-hmm. and emergencies happen your time blocks can be moved so if you okay. blocked a time from 11 a.m. to noon to check emails, but then you got booked for a really important meeting, mm-hmm. it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't check emails. It means you move that one-hour time block to another part of the day. Yeah. And you ch- check emails later in the day. So you've, yeah, and it, you've, and it controlled, mean- you've controlled wh- what you're doing and how you're spending your time that day. Yeah. And I love this because it also means that you have to leave some empty space on your calendar to have that flexibility, right? So we can't have a calendar that's fully booked in order to have the flexibility to move that email hour or whatever it is, the workout to a later time. So we're not in, we find ourselves, I find clients can get into the scarcity mindset where the emergencies then mean that they have to sacrifice something. So in this, right. in this scenario, we're not sacrificing the important things. We're just moving them around. Right. You're moving them around and you may even be able to move them to later in the week, depending on mm. what it is. Okay. Maybe you can go a day without checking your emails. So you move that time block to the next day and you'll take care of it first thing in the morning or something like that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of executives that because of their role, they, ha- they have to do a lot of strategic thinking and planning. They've got a visioning and things like that. Right. And that takes time and it takes thought time, quiet time to reflect mm. and think. 
And so they say to me, well, in the midst of all this, where do I find time for, for thinking and strategic thinking and planning? I tell them to time block it into their calendar and call it thinking time or planning. I love this. I love this because to me, at that level, at the executive level, your greatest asset is your thinking abilities, right? It's not the sitting in on Zooms or the signing checks or whatever it is, even though those things might be necessary at times. And so I actually even encourage people during this blocked thinking time to leave the office. Um, It might be something that, you know, I... um, I took a class this summer called a clarity coaching class that was based out of Stanford. And in it, they talked a lot about this concept that if you're doing something that stimulates ideas, right, um, especially at that level, then that is considered working. Yeah. So for some people that might be going on a hike, for some people that might be taking a bubble bath, for some people that might be going and meditating or just sitting outside quietly but that is work. And I think that we're so conditioned to not think of that time that way, that sometimes, you know, it was really important. This coach said to me, you could be out there hiking in your thinking time and come up with a solution to a problem that you could not, um, you would have been three years at your desk trying to solve. That is so true. And that actually was like changed everything for me. Yeah. So with that white space, you can actually advance yourself and your career more so than just putting your nose to the grindstone. And we've become so accustomed to having our calendar so full or allowing mm-hmm. it, allowing it to become so full that there is no white space left. There's no planning or thinking time. And then that leads to burnout, exhaustion, no work-life balance, the whole domino effect. So by allowing space for thinking and planning, you're controlling that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a huge awakening for people when they start doing this because then they actually have time to do what they're supposed to do if they're an executive, which is exactly. the visioning and the thinking and the planning. So it's really important to look at the task list, prioritize, lump things together, block them into your calendar. And then this gets into something we touched on a little earlier, time vampires, delegating. Mm-hmm. If when you're doing this exercise, you will recognize who are time vampires, even maybe a person has a direct report that is a time vampire, because maybe they're so high maintenance that they're taking up all of their manager's time when maybe, maybe something needs to be done. Maybe that person needs to be working with a mentor instead of always coming to their manager. Maybe they need to be put on a performance plan if they're not performing Maybe other steps have to be taken, but it forces you to look at the situations that are eating up your time, the people that are sucking up your time, and making decisions about what to do about that. Yeah. And same with delegating. Like I mentioned earlier, if, if an executive is too much in the weeds, they are not doing their job. They should not mm. be in the weeds. They need yeah. to be delegating that type of work back out to their teams or other project teams because at that level, they need to be doing more of the visioning and the strategic planning and thinking and overseeing all of the work that's going on in the weeds, but not actually doing it. And I have yeah. a lot of executives that are, they're proud of themselves because they're hands-on. They call themselves hands-on managers. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to a point, but some of them use it as a crutch right? <laughs> because they can't break away from it. So how much thinking time would you encourage someone, and this doesn't even have to be an executive, this could be anyone, to put on their calendar to leave space for themselves and prevent burnout? Well, I have them tell me what kinds mm-hmm. of initiatives they are responsible for in, in their role. And from there, we talk about, are you thinking two hours a week? or And, and some of them have big initiatives coming up, like maybe year at the end of the year, they're supposed to be working on the, the following year's initiatives. Mm-hmm. And that could take maybe 10 or 15 hours a week for three or four weeks mm-hmm. until they come up with what they're supposed to come up with. So it's going to vary depending on the situation and the executive and what is happening in their world. But that's part of the monthly planning is to look at that a month ahead of time and see, well, what's coming up? I've got year-end performance evaluations. 
that I've right. got to give. I've got to spend time writing those and delivering those. And that takes time. Only at the end of the year, though. That's not every yeah. month. Yeah. So I just recommend that people, and I help them with this in a session. We really dig deeper into this. And I ask some of these important questions to get them thinking what's coming up about how much time will that take? What if you block a certain amount of time and you find that it's taking more time? Then what do you do? What if you have leftover time? What do you do with that? What do you do with the leftover time? (laughs) Because it depends on the person. A bubble bath. (laughs) (laughs) A bubble bath. And so where do priorities fall into our time management? So I know not everyone listening is an executive, but, you know, like, at least in my life, I like to think of it that I'd like to spend my time um, doing 80% of the things 80% 80% of my time somewhere in like my top three priorities. But, I, you know, so because then if I can look back on my time, I'm not feeling regretful that I spent my time, right. on, you know, the vampire type type things. Right. Where do, yep. where do priorities fall? So that does come under this third step of managing time okay. and tasks, because when you have your tasks and you know what you have in front of you for the month, week and day, mm-hmm. then you have to look at what's most important. So, that's again different for everyone because in a, in the corporate world we've got deadlines we've got customer needs so you have to look at all of that uh, some companies prioritize by saying you know anything that's customer related comes first or anything mm-hmm. that is uh, financially related comes first related to making money for the company so it depends what role you're in I work with a okay. lot of sales executives okay so the customer, the the bottom line, bringing in the revenue, hitting their sales targets, the financial piece. So any tasks for them related to the financial part of meeting their targets, that would come first versus okay. other things. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are new to management and they are told specifically, you need to work on developing this team that now reports to you. So in that case, Team-related people, people things will come first, like working with the team, developing the team, having one-to-ones, providing them with training, providing them with mentoring, Mm -hmm. things that would be a priority for those kind of people in those roles. So they have to look at the expectation that their manager has for them in order to prioritize and look at everything else that's coming their way. And that is hard for some people. Some people have never prioritized. They've never goal set. They don't Mm. know how to do it. And goal setting does play into all of this too. Um, But it's a hard habit to learn if you've never prioritized. But I tell people, you know, look at deadlines. You know, if you have a project that is going to run late, if it's not done in a week, then obviously anything related to that project has to come first. It has to be prioritized. Yeah, no, I love that. So how do you feel about a morning routine before you get started on this time managed day? Mm. Well, I can I can speak about myself. <laughs> I'm a big morning routine person. I am so. too. I am too. I have morning routines, I have evening routines, but I allow flexibility in there too mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you know life happens. But I have a routine of meditating first thing in the morning. Um, doing some breath work and getting myself really grounded, having breakfast, going to the gym, doing some yoga, and then taking a shower. And all of that is done by nine o'clock. And then I'm starting. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's part of managing your time, right? Because it's getting these things that are sacred or you know important to you done. So you're not coming at your day from a place of scarcity. Right, right, right. You know, and you're setting the tone. You're setting the tone for the day versus letting the your schedule set the tone for you. Exactly. And I think if people jump out of bed and dive right into work, they're, they can feel flustered, not mm-hmm. centered. They may not have a sense of groundedness. So if they jump right on phone calls, it, it's just harder. Um and I know a lot of people, they wake up first thing in the morning, they check emails, they get right into right into it. Yeah, It's hard to pull away and they, they miss breakfast or they don't go for a run or something like that. So it is really important to determine what you can do for yourself first 
first in the morning before what can you, you do for yourself first sorry to interrupt you but it was such a good line I had to repeat it go ahead first thing yes. in the morning yeah. yes first thing in the morning before you get started on things for other people you have yeah. to put yourself first and then yeah. at, at the same I I have evening routines that help me decompress from the day mm-hmm. so I tell us about your evening routine, routine. <laughs> so my evening routine is dinner and then more meditating. I do journaling, which helps me really sort through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, a walk, usually depending on the weather and some more breath work. So yeah. I kind of want in a bubble bath. A lot of times I, I think <laughs> kind of too. you're a woman so, after my own heart. Yes. So yes. a lot of self-care and reflection and journaling, and that helps me decompress from the day. It helps me mm-hmm. let go of any of the stress so that I can sleep because, you know, if you can't sleep, then you're not good for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. And so do you recommend that your clients take up a morning routine? I recommend that they fit it in whenever they can. So if it, if it resonates with them to do it first thing in the morning, then do it. They all have different schedules depending on their their work life and their kids. They have a lot of them have families that they, they have to jump right up and get started with their their kids. Right. Um, but we talk about where would that make sense to fit it in, even if it's mm-hmm. you know for me it's several hours. But that's because of the way my lifestyle is. For other people, even if they only have thirty minutes in the morning to do some breath work or meditate or go for a walk or something like that. So we do talk about how they can fit this in, what can they fit in in the the beginning of the day and at the end of the day too. Sometimes even in the middle of the day, if they can have a lunch period. Yeah, I could have a little miracle lunch period, right? I'm a big fan of Hal Elrod's. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but listeners, it's beautiful. Um, It's called Miracle Morning and he also has some books, but um, it's a whole menu of things you can do. And I do a f- just a 15-minute power in the morning. Yes. I um, I often tell people, don't look at your phone because it's a lot of people or emails. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people, you know, to invite into your bedroom before you're even dressed. But <laughs> And you're inviting all that energy in, right? So, you yeah. know, no one ever told you that you won the lottery by email. So, normally, you're not going to get the best news anyway. So, might as well take that time for yourself. And I just do a quick 10 minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of journaling and a little bit of reading. Um, and then if I'm lucky, maybe some 20 minutes of yoga, but mm-hmm. it's very, very quick. And so it doesn't have to be this long thing, but it does separate my sort of sacred sleep time from the get up and go time. And right. um, and once we can learn, you know, this beautiful thing about prioritizing ourselves, which is something you had said earlier in our calendar, when we think about like putting ourselves first, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. Like the whole, your whole life starts to change, right? Because everything shifts because we start to become really empowered, right? It's not selfish to take time for yourself in the morning. Right. Right. And that is such an important thing that you just said that it's not selfish. It, it's a concept that a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not selfish. They do see it as selfishness. Anytime you do something for yourself, and that's why a lot of my clients, at least, t- keep taking things on and, and don't say no, because yeah. they, they feel selfish if they, if they say no. But part of this third step of managing time and tasks is learning to say no and to really decline, decline whatever you can or delegate it out Totally, and really put some thought into that. So um, it is really important to take time for yourself and these, these little moments through the day where you can do breath work or get grounded or step away from the computer. And it it did get much harder during COVID when people were in back-to-back Zoom meetings. A lot of people felt before COVID when they were commuting to work, that was kind of their downtime. Yeah, that's an interesting point, right? Yeah, could even just breathe and be quiet, right? Oftentimes, I find myself driving around and not even listening to anything. (laughs) Just nice to have space, right? Right. So if people want to find out more about you, Monique, and, and, you know, buy your newest work book, buy some of your older books, um, connect with you about coaching, how can they find more of you? My website is mdconsultingglobal.com. Mm-hmm. My email address is monique at MD, mdconsultingglobal.com. And on the website, there's all my social media links. I would love it for people to connect with me. Um, you know, join my links. There's a YouTube channel. I release really short 10 minute videos every month. 
on various topics, including this one. So they can sign up for my YouTube channel and, and hear the videos. My newest book, Leading in Captivity, that is being pitched to publishers now. So I don't have an actual publishing date. But if anyone is interested in knowing when that will be, they can email me and I'm putting them on a list, on a wait list for when that does come out. But there's a lot of also free content on my site under a resources page, a lot of information about work-life balance, time management, ways that busy executives or really anyone in the workplace can benefit. So they can go to that page and download a lot of things. Um, they can hear previous media interviews like, like this one that I've been on mm, with other yeah. hosts. So those are all out there on the website. So it's really a great place where they can go and get plenty, plenty of other information. Oh, great. And just, you know, in the last couple of minutes here, could you do a grounding exercise for us and let us know, um, you know, for, for listeners who may not be driving, don't close your eyes if you're driving, right. but if it's something that can, uh, an easy grounding exercise, because I find these can be superpowers during our workday, especially if we're working from home. So if you can yes. give us a really short one, I would love it. Okay, great. So if you can close your eyes, do that. It's best if you can stand, but if not, make sure your feet are planted on the floor. So it's really important that your feet are touching the floor and that your hands are touching something, whether a desktop or your legs. And take a deep breath in, hold it for a second, and then blow it out and repeat that twice. So it's a deep diaphragmatic breath in, a breath through your belly, hold it for a second, and then blow it out. You've done that three times. And then you want to imagine roots growing out of your feet. And they're connecting you into the ground. And wherever your hands are, you're also imagining roots connecting you, coming out of your hands. And through those roots, you're releasing all the stress of the day, any stress you've accumulated it's going out through your hands, out through your feet, down into those roots and down into the ground as you continue to breathe. You're taking the deep breaths and you're just imagining all of that stress going out into the earth. And then before you disconnect your attention, you're imagining all of that stress that came out is recycling into energy. And it's coming back up into the roots as energy. So now you're getting that energy back through your feet and your hands. And it's been all recycled. So it's fresh energy. And it's coming back throughout your entire body. And now you can open your eyes. And you're refreshed by having released all of the stress and turning it into new energy for you. That was Amazing. I think that that's something people can do between all their Zoom calls, right? Wouldn't that yes. be amazing as like sort of a reset? Yes. That's so beautiful. Well, thank you, Monique, so much for being here. And everyone, find out more from Monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. And we've reached the end of the show, but we will continue the conversation um, on my Facebook group. You can check out it at Habits for Happiness. And just remember, everyone, the road to happiness is paved with healthy habits. So get out there, get organized, plan, and manage your time effectively. So please listen next week for another riveting conversation on a powerful habit that can change your life. Thank you, Monique, for being here. And thanks, everyone, for listening today. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Habits for Happiness. Please join Lady Fuller for another edition of the program next Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, discover how to find your new happy place.